I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. In this episode, we briefly discuss suicide. If you or a loved one need help, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988. Hey, y'all. Hey, what's up? And welcome to Let's Red Table Bat. I'm Tracy T. Rowe. And I'm Cara Presley. And do we have an amazing episode planned for you today or what, Tracy? We truly do because today we are recapping the A Different World reunion special. And we're not doing it alone. We have two guests coming to the virtual Red Table today. One of them is a fellow Red Table Talk OG. And the other is none other than Red Table Talk host Jada Pinkett Smith. Yes, this has been a long time coming. And what a perfect episode to have Jada on. So we have more questions about a different world. And we have some questions straight from the community for Jada. So stay tuned for all of the answers. Let's welcome our first guest, Dr. Danita Crawford. Danita is a fellow Red Table Talk OG and co-organizer of the Red Table Talk Discussions Facebook group. Like the characters in a different world, Danita attended an HBCU and that experience forever impacted her life. She is here to tell us all about it today. Welcome, Dr. Danita. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this. Yeah. All right. We're happy to have you here. Before we reveal our wait what moments, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. part of the show where we reveal which moments made us pause, rewind, and listen again. This mm-hmm. week, it's all about the A Different World reunion. Wait, mm-hmm. what? Moments. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, right? my gosh. I'm going to kick it off. Debbie revealing what Jada said to her the first time they met, which was, I'm the next Debbie Allen. <laughs> she walked in. She already had all that. And I said, wow, you are, you are wonderful. So where are you from? I'm the next Debbie Allen. I'm like, <laughs> she said it. Yeah, she said it. And I loved it from she that minute. I said, hire her now. <laughs> so can y'all imagine a 17-year-old Jada Pinkett saying this? That was bold. <laughs> I totally see it. It I was know. bold. Dr. No. Danita, I agree. It was bold, and I see little feisty Jada Pinkett. Yeah, was before she was Jada Pinkett Smith. I see her playing this day going in there saying that just as clear. Yeah. But I, I see that's how you get places. You have to be very bold. Right. You have to claim it. So Debbie Allen had to wait what? But then she was like, hold on here now. Let's bring her forth. Oh, my gosh. I love <laughs> let Debbie me meet Allen. this girl. Who is yeah, me? Yeah, let too. me meet her because she just feels like she's going to be the next me. Let's see. 
Yeah. That was definitely a wait what. Another wait what moment was when Don Lewis reflected on how when she was on the show, she couldn't wait to tell the guest stars how inspirational they had been for her. Yeah. But now people are sharing with Don and others on the different world how they're an inspiration. I couldn't wait to tell Miss Horn how inspirational she was and how much she meant to me. Mm-hmm. So I walked over to her and she held my face in her hand. Mm and said, you on that show, aren't you? <laughs> and I said, yeah, she says, your name is Dawn. You good at Jaleesa. She said, y'all are doing such a good job. Y'all keep wow. that up. I'm so proud of you. And I'm thinking to myself, I was waiting to tell you how you inspired me and yeah. so many others. But it flips me to now who we have become yeah. to people right. who walk yeah. up to us and say, you don't know how you inspired me, yeah. how you changed my life. Okay, so now, Dr. Danita, I know how you feel about A Different World. I do love it. How have the cast and crew of A Different World inspired you? They've inspired me in many ways throughout my life. Like we've discussed before, I did attend the NHBCU and it was all because of A Different World. I used to watch that show when I was younger. I used to watch it while I was in college. It actually was my first impression of what an all-Black environment would be. Mm -hmm. I used to live in an all-Hispanic environment. And then I moved to a predominantly white community. And then after that, in a different world, presented another concept to me. While my family was very much Black, I had never lived in a community like that. So it just triggered something in me to say, like, you know what? I would like to live in that kind of environment. I would like to be able to see how it feels to live among my Mm. people. And my mom was a little hesitant, but I kind of convinced her when I got a scholarship. <laughs> okay. I convinced her to let me go. And it was like mind-blowing how amazing my experience was. It was very nice. similar to A Different World in many was aspects. It? Yeah. Oh, wow. Was. Okay. So now yeah. give us one little snippet. How was it similar to your HBCU experience compared to Hillman? Okay. Let's think of some of the fun parts. I would say joining a sorority. I'm a part of Zeta Pi Beta Sorority Incorporated. And my membership intake was very similar to when Whitley and and Kim were joining their organization and Ron was joining his organization. You know, you just learn and you grow Uh, with the sisterhood. And I don't think I would have even thought to join an organization had I not seen that. And I had this Mm -hmm. perception of what it was supposed to be like. It was a very similar presentation to what Mm -hmm. the show did. I was just all in. I was just ready to go. I wanted Mm. to participate in everything the college had to offer. I just knew that watching this show that, oh, this is what they did in regards to housing. This is what they did in regards to activities. They participated in all kinds of activities. Mm -hmm. I'm going to participate. I'm going to immerse myself into this entire community so Mm -hmm. that I can get as much as I can out of this. What do you think the show did for Black people in America? It showed them a different way of life. It was... Oh, wait, I grew up with Rudy. <laughs> Hold That's on. Right. Denise is in college? Wait, do I, got, do I have to go to college? That wait, what's the, what's, what can I do at college? Oh my God, right. this is so fun. And then you see Denise's challenges mm-hmm. and how she's not managing her finances well. Mm-hmm. And I'm just one of those people that I see something on TV and I learn from other people. And yeah. I seen how she was just like, oh, she was just messing up everywhere she could turn. And I'm like, nope, I'm not applying for credit cards because that's going to mess up my finances. <laughs> oh my I'm gosh, going, you know, so I good. I was very much like the person who was like, this happened in that show. So yeah. guess what? I learned from that mistake. So I'm not right. going to do You that. didn't have to experience it yourself. So you <laughs> exactly. really allowed the show to help give you some direction and guidance on how yes. you could navigate through your own journey. And it oh, took love that. what was... Maybe not a standard that you would transition from high school to college and made it become like a natural progression for you. Exactly. I I grew up in the era of the after school specials where, you know, they said, don't do drugs. And guess what? Nope, I'm not doing drugs. Right. (laughs) This is your brain on drugs. drugs. Yes, this is your brain on drugs. That Friday, boy. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That's so good. That's a major weight what? That was a weight what? This changed my life. Right. Yes, yes, right. it did. I would not have even known about HBCUs. I promise you. Oh, I wow. love that for you. That's a major weight what? That's right. great. <laughs> oh, no, I love that for you. And like, I think we all just have our history with a different world. And I remember it beginning. And I also remember like the later season when the beginning characters kind of transitioned into the the older, the senior students, of course. And then they've graduated and things like that. So all of the actors sharing their favorite moments and episodes. What is your favorite moment or episode from A Different World? 
I think it's cliche because we all have that same favorite moment <laughs> where <laughs> Dwayne runs after <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Please, baby, please. Please, baby, please. Please, baby. That would be my number one favorite. And then oh, I do like the one where Kim, she had to confront some issues she had with her complexion. You teared up thinking about how much people Mm -hmm. of color have to go through, especially when even just the little things could be offensive. And Uh, some of that stuff you don't even realize just saying like, oh, you're like a marm. I forgot how they said it in the show, but it was like, you're a marm or you're like the Aunt Jemima type. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize that you are referencing these characters that are very Mm -hmm. offensive to certain people. And I remember being really impacted by that. There's just some sensitive topics that you don't realize how you're offending someone until you see it or you see how they've been affected or you've even experienced it yourself so that you can relate. Yeah, that's big. Oh, I love it. Okay, so now we have 35 years, which I could not believe. I could not believe it had been 35 years. Me neither. And when I think about the reunion, there's so many things that I was looking forward to seeing and some cast members I was absolutely looking forward to. What did you think about this reunion, y'all? I felt like I got everything I needed. I got to see all of my favorite characters. I was kind of shocked because initially I was like, oh, I'm surprised that everyone didn't get to join when I first started watching the show. And then when I started to see everybody presenting themselves, I saw Freddie and I, you know, I just saw everyone, even down to the next generation of Hillman students. I was really excited to see them as well because they had a lot of impactful shows like they, they like did. even the rape episode that was very impactful yeah. that episode then oh my gosh they touched on a lot of things yeah. that were sensitive and somewhat taboo what yes. were any of the stories that you heard that the cast shared that surprised you the number one surprise was just how they were treated I think I was mm. surprised at how they were treated because you see the show and you realize, you thought that they were like a family. You thought it was just so, like, they were so connected right. to, like, the entire project was connected. But to hear the struggles that they went through as actors right. and still were able to pull out such amazing content, it's like, wow, you really have to be talented. And just hearing the stories that they told about their relationships with each other and how they had to defend each other was something that, you know, you strive for in relation to just the people in your community, your sisters, your brothers. You want to strive to become that where you're an advocate for them. And how Jasmine Guy said, no, if it's happening to them, it's happening to me. Yeah, shout out to Jasmine Guy for that that. strong stance. I can tell y'all one of the things I was surprised about the show is right in line with my time frame, right? Like I was 16 when A Different World came out. And oh, so wow. very much the trajectory of what they did from high school and then mm-hmm. with Denise being in college mm-hmm. at Hillman. It was amazing to me to know from behind the scenes how much influence Debbie Allen made on the show and how I honestly believe if she hadn't become a part of it and been the showrunner, the show probably wouldn't have made it because yeah. it was not- I believe that. Yeah, they didn't have the authenticity. It was okay in the beginning because we literally got to see the stage set for Denise, right? But when it started getting into those real-life experiences, and and Dr. Danita, some of the things that you were saying and how it was truly reflective of your own experience, without Debbie Allen having been a Howard graduate, I don't think we would have seen the authenticity of an HBCU reflected in that show. So I was grateful. I mean, Debbie Allen is a force. She's just phenomenal. (laughs) I've always just adored her and had so much respect for her. But this took it to another level for me. That was one of the stories I was like, oh my gosh. You know, I remember when she came on, but I didn't know what she did for the actors and how she empowered them to really be their truest, best selves in that space. And to be honest, I just found that out. I just found that out watching this episode. So when she said that she came in, I believe she said it was like a season later where they were all upset about how the direction it was taking. Yeah, right. It's funny because you notice the shift in the show. You do. You do. And then you start to see how the culture starts to be presented. Mm -hmm. Even in the language, the language of the script. So when she said in the show how the writers were here and the actors were here, like still two separate rooms, I felt that and understood it better. So I hear exactly what you're saying, Dr. Danita. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. 
I love the reunion. And like Me you, too. I was glad to see everyone. There was an obvious person missing, but yeah. with yeah. the exception of that, it was phenomenal. Overdue and right on time all at the same time. It Absolutely. felt like a reunion, like your own family reunion. Like, <laughs> I, know I know these yeah. people. I know yeah. you. I don't I know. know. Right. I'm sorry, I like, but oh, I do. <laughs> how are you it. doing? Yes. How's the family? Right, <laughs> I really right. started to tear up. Like, oh my gosh, like they're real. Like they're, you know, because you've seen like some of the reunions that they've attempted, but they don't yeah. really get to get into the nitty gritty or the discussion of what was really going on behind the scenes. How do that you really part. feel about each other? And this one really dug in. It really dug mm. into the part where you felt truly connected to the character and the actress or the actor. Right. Yeah, personally and professionally. Just both Yes, sides. exactly. A Different World introduced you to HBCUs as you shared earlier. And of course, you were able to attend Cheney University of Pennsylvania, which is yes. the oldest HBCU in America. She's going yes. to or not. But mm. how did Cheney mirror Hillman College or was it completely different? Let someone know. Of course, there were some aspects that were different, but yeah. Greek life was very much the same. The whole bookstore financial struggle was the same, going to yeah. try to register for classes. I remember seeing one of the episodes. I believe it was Lena who was having trouble registering. She couldn't find housing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. we've all been there. If you went to an HBCU, we can all connect on that same thing about how difficult it is to register and then also mm-hmm. the housing aspect of it. Like That's just- still an issue today. Literally. I think it is still an issue yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Specifically at Howard. Um, they just went through that. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. But even with the struggles, you just have the amazing connection with the people. And just even as a graduate or an alumni of Cheney yeah. University, I can call on anyone that's went to Cheney. And we mm-hmm. have an instant connection because we just oh. know where we came from. It's Oh, just, wow. It, it, I promise you, it's just something that is unimaginable. And when I talk to some of my friends who went to PWIs, predominantly yeah. white yeah. institutions, yeah. they struggle with that. And they struggle that's with me. keeping a connection, really. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. I swear. When you said that, I was like, oh, that must be nice. <laughs> it is. It is. It's amazing. We go to our homecomings and it just feels, like I said, like a family reunion. You just, that, yeah, you right. remember these people, even if you haven't seen them in 20 years, you see their face and it's just like, okay. And we, I'm going to tell you something. As a PWI kid, I'm being a Michigander, I went to Kalamazoo. And like the closest I'm going to come to being connected, I can tell y'all, is Terry Crews, who was who grew up in Flint. Oh. And my mom knows his dad. They're, they work together. And here's the thing. We were at school at the same time. Wow. We were on campus at the same time. I didn't realize that until earlier this year. <laughs> really? That's how, how crazy, that's how spread out we are because he right. was on the football team and obviously I wasn't. And so right. it was like a totally different experience. Yeah. Whereas HBCU life. You know everyone who went to you, the school. Right. There's some larger HBCUs where you might not, but right. you go to a Cheney University where it's very intimate. It's very family oriented. The first day at orientation, you have some of the coaches and instructors at that orientation telling your parents that you're going to be okay. And they basically take the reins on how you're going to mature and grow up. They go Mm -hmm. into how you're supposed to interact with society. They care about you in a way that I do not think I would have been cared for at at a Mm, PWI. I can tell you, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, to this day, wish I had gone to an HBCU. Yeah, it's like, I feel like I've been robbed now that, you know, the reunion and hearing you, I'm like, doggone it. I should have just went ahead and gone. Dang it. Well, I always feel like there's no limit. So if you want to go. Go (laughs) back. We we had students that were all ages there and they felt just as... Dr. Danita, you you know what? That's so sweet. Bless your heart. You're doing your level best. No, ma'am. No, Pam. No, lamb. I'm not going back to school. Uh, we're done with that. We're done with that. Well, you can come with me to homecoming. But now you just finished another major milestone, and we know yes, that the, a different world, Dr. Danita, and we were yes, right there you. cheering you on and so proud thank of you. Thank you so much. How did the experience that you had at Cheney shape the rest of your life? You have so much freedom, even just as a Black woman. Like, I had so much freedom to be who I was. It's just the challenges you deal with when you're at school. There were so many different challenges that we had to deal with that when you finally graduate, life becomes a little easier. Not to say that Mm -hmm. there aren't challenges when you're older. It's just that every time you think about a challenge as an adult, you think back to, man, I had way more issues when I was in college or... I had to deal with so many 
challenges when I was a young adult, that this is nothing. Let me just finish school. Mm. Even in those stressful moments, I have people that I can call. I know how to connect to my support system. I have an amazing support system. I don't think they can compare to my support system. At the drop of a hat, if I'm having an issue, I know who to call. I know exactly who will bring me down. I know who will pet me up. I know who will set me straight. And that all comes from just Chain University. Everyone that I connect with in regards to like just making sure that I'm okay. Yeah. Has attended Chain University. Not to say everyone, because there are some people that I've connected with along the way, but my core group, they attend the Chain University and they know the Danita that was at Cheney University is not the Danita that you see before you today. The evolution. And yeah. Really? And that connects yeah. to a different world <laughs> yeah. very much because look at how Freddie's transition yes. was. I was kind of like Freddie where she was a little lost and she had her moments where it was like, what is she talking about? My friends used to be like, you're a little goofy. What's going on, girl? <laughs> and then all of a sudden you start to transition into okay, maybe I do want to be a, become a professional. I'm not a nomad. Right. So like, I'm not a flaky person. Right. I want to become a mature adult. And then you see that shift in a person. And mm. everyone that I've attended Cheney University with has allowed me to have that shift. Mm. They've allowed me to mature. It's not yeah. like they're still trying to hold me to the same immaturity yeah. that I yeah. had as a, an undergrad. Right. That is so powerful because you want to have those be lifetime relationships that you forge Mm -hmm. because it helps you as you go through your evolution to know that you have some foundational steadiness, right? Exactly. And that you will be able to pass that on. Like the number of people that are having the opportunity to listen to us now and say, you know what? A different world isn't on and I can catch it in the reruns and I can go and Mm -hmm. look at episodes, but I can hear firsthand from someone who attended an HBCU. And now I can include that in my consideration for my choices as a college. That's so powerful because hearing you, like I'm telling you, I wish I had gone to an HBCU myself. And so I want, want to thank you for that. But at least we have our experience that's why we need these conversations. That's right. So yes, so exactly. Do I need to go back? Should I go back? And to, oh, no. Oh, no. Wait a minute. <laughs> not no, you. No. We know you're, you're done. Okay. We know you're done. There's okay. no return. I'm <laughs> talking about no, no. the other people, okay. who, the other million people who've listened to okay. this podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Not me. That ship has sailed. But for right. those who are selling on to college, consider it. Because when you hear Dr. Danita, it was definitely something that made her life. It fits yes. in a different it world. Did was the catalyst for that. So I'm so grateful to be a part of this. And Dr. Danita, we could talk to you for I, for hours. I don't know how many more. You know I know. <laughs> so much more we could discuss on the impact of HBCUs. Yeah. But we have to go. So we want to say to a fellow Red Table Talk OG. 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 RTT. OG. We, we are so you. grateful for you being here yes. and coming to the virtual red table to share your HBCU experience and enjoy the A Different World reunion with us. Thank, Thank you, Dr. You. Danita. I do appreciate you allowing me to be here. If it can even persuade one person to consider an HBCU, don't make it your second choice. Think about it as a first option because it really does change lives. It really did. I love that. All right, y'all, we're taking one more break. And when we return, Jada will be joining us. So don't go anywhere. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. No more waiting. It is time to welcome our very special guest straight from the red table herself, Ms. Jada Pinkett-Smith. Welcome. Hello, yes. you successful ladies. How y'all doing? Yes, indeed. Hey, we are, we are doing every day amazingly. That's how we are doing. We are right. super excited to be here with you and so yes. grateful that you're coming fresh from the table to our virtual red table. Yes. We have lots to talk about. I know. Y'all have been doing such a 
beautiful job. I have so much fun listening to you guys. Thank you for what you do. And I'm just happy to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. We are excited to talk about a different world. And at the reunion, you said that times are hard right now for a lot of people. And you hope this episode would bring some joy for people. I can tell you, it accomplished that for me. Mm-hmm. The topics at the red table have been heavy yeah. this season. How do you take care of yourself in the midst of opening yourself up to these tough conversations? Well, you know, I'm in therapy. Amen. <laughs> you know, that is just learning how to feel safe in my mm-hmm. vulnerability because that's the only place to really exist in regards to trying to be the most loving and giving person that one can be. You really have to learn how to feel safe in your vulnerability. One of the things that I love most about the Red Table is just kind of creating space for other people to feel safe in their vulnerability. Fortunately, Mm -hmm. in this world today, we just don't have a lot of that, especially for people in general. I'm not going to say especially for anybody, just for people in general. Just creating safe space where we can just be in our hearts honestly, be in our experiences honestly. It's a process. I've been in this process for many, many, many years. It's not like it just, right. you know, happened one day. Like over the years of just me learning how to be with myself and be mm-hmm. with my experiences, embracing my journey mm-hmm. and creating the red table to help others embrace their journey because this is life. You know, we are all trying right. to figure out how to do this thing. Ain't we? That's absolutely true. And to do it in the most authentic way. Yeah, to do it in right. an authentic way because we do ourselves such a disservice. And the thing is, life isn't created in a way of like, okay, I'm going to be my authentic self and I'm going to feel safe mm-hmm. if the world creates that for me to do. It's like, no, no, that's mm-hmm. not happening. So you have to really learn how to create that in yourself. And if you're really blessed, if you find any space that offers that to you. You got to really, really be grateful for that. Don't right. take that for granted. This is safe spaces for me. I love a safe space. Red Table is one of my favorite safe spaces. We have been a part of this journey for years now. I'm so blessed to say that. Y'all and are OGs. Y'all day one. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Day one. OGs. Day one. Day one. Right. And just with the variety of people you've had come to the table, come even to just your home. How do you go about conversations at the table with people who are close with you, maybe even personal friends versus those you're just meeting for the first time. You know, what's interesting. (laughs) It's hard for me to have conversations with people that I actually am close with at the table. It's so hard because that protective mode comes out. It's so Mm. interesting, isn't it? I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to Talk about that next. You know, I mean, it's like, (laughs) I want to shield you from that. I don't want you to feel that. I don't want you to feel Mm -hmm. all that, you know, and so funny with that. I have such a level of discomfort. It's very hard for me to transition sometimes my personal Mm. relationships with certain people onto the table in front of cameras. Mm. And sometimes it's not, but most of the time it is. Right. I remember when Queen came to the table because I know how. Queen, as strong as she is, she's such a gentle, like, soul, you know what I mean? And I know how private she is. She's got such a warm heart. Like, I just, I was like, no, I... No, no, no. Don't talk, mama to, don't talk about out. that. We're not going right. to talk about that. We're not talking like, about I don't that. Want you to, no, no. I don't want to, I don't want you to hurt. I don't want, I, right. I don't want to see you feel that right now because then I can't jump over right. this table and just hold you. And I'm used to that. You know, I don't want to have to be in my professional, like, you know, we're at the table. Mm-hmm. We're talking. Mm-hmm. I can't just be my myself with my friends. I have to be in this different state. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's hard. But mm-hmm. when, Well, you do it well. Thank you. You yes. really do. I appreciate that. And I really like when I don't know. It's a good balance. Yes. Yeah. It's a good balance because you really can't tell, aside from the fact that you share with us that Mm -hmm. you have a relationship with people, you you can't tell in the way that you are engaged with them that you know them or you're safeguarding yourself from that. So you do a wonderful job of those interviews with the people that you care about. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. 
And then, you know, there have been people that have come to the table that I didn't know and I didn't think I was going to have a fantastic connection with. I made so many new friends and that is so awesome to me when I have the opportunity to like connect with people that I never thought I would. And we get to vibe together and we get to like Mm -hmm. share that kind of space together. So it's almost like you gain a homegirl, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right, right. Mm -hmm. It's so neat because this show is a show where you do open up about your personal Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. How do you maintain the balance of transparency while still keeping some aspects private? Well, you'd be shocked to know that people think that I have opened on the table and they have no idea how much (laughs) I don't. And I know it seems like from many kinds of episodes that we've had, that I have poured my life onto the table and people have absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I think once my book comes out, people will have an understanding because there's but so much that you can really say in yeah. an hour. I definitely have shared some intense moments of my life for mm-hmm. sure, but I often hear like, and I'm laughing because it's just funny. But like people say, man, you're so open. You you say so much. And I'm thinking to myself in my mind, that's not even scratching the surface, you know? Right. Mm. It's because it's so fresh and new for them to hear someone speak their truth that is a celebrity. Yeah. That is probably what makes it seem like you're giving so much because you are open with what you do give. Yeah. Because that's... You know, I don't know how to do that any other way. It's like Mm -hmm. there is transparency, but there's a lot of privacy. Each person has to decide what that looks like for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I've heard you talk about the book a couple of other times. Is the book in the works? Like, should we be on standby waiting or you just teasing us with it? What's going on with the book? The book is coming out in the fall. Oh, you know, the book is a journey. A deeper journey. Mm. Yes. It's a healing book. And even in writing it has been a deeply cathartic healing journey. That'll be out in 2023. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I'm excited. It's the countdown for me. Just knowing all that we've seen in terms of growth and how you've connected us to other professionals that have given us the ability to learn and look at our own truths and say, okay, wait a second, I need to get this together or I'm doing Mm -hmm. okay in this area. And you can identify it. This season alone has been so unbelievably (laughs) educational. Very. So how do you decide which topics to shine a light on at the red table? And can you walk Mm. us through that decision process? So it really depends. It depends on what's going on in everybody's life on board, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's producers, whether it's Willow, you know, Willow would be like, Mom, I really want to talk about this subject. Like, oh, OK. You know, if she's really passionate <laughs> about something or Gam. Gam like, uh-uh, mm-hmm. no, yeah. we're going to have to talk about this because <laughs> no. Mm-mm. It really just depends. And then there's some people who call us and they're like, I really need a safe space. And we get a lot of those calls and it's very difficult to decide, you know, we only do but so many a year. Right. And it's painful because I I wish we had the ability to do more, but it's intense stuff and we do a bundle and then we got to rest up and rejuvenate and take care. It seems easy. To do people who come to the table, that's usually a three-hour conversation. Right. You guys know that because right. you got that part <laughs> right. We do. <laughs> yeah, they're long. You know what I mean. You hold yeah, the space right. for a long it's time. The you know, yes, with some yes. heavy stuff. You know, and so yeah. we have to take some time off. We just have to see what's happening. We have to see what's what's just happening in the world as far as like, okay, what are the issues and what are the things that people are looking to talk about heal around we definitely take that into account and stay relevant with it because I remember when COVID right at the beginning Mm -hmm. of it we were at the precipitous of it and we had an opportunity to have a conversation you all gave us the opportunity to say here are our thoughts and yes it's so important for you to talk about this and so there's some flexibility that you factor in that's so appreciated to stay current with what's happening you know we were lucky to be able to do that which is one of the reasons why I wanted to go to a platform like 
Facebook to have that kind of flexibility. You just don't have right. that everywhere. That was an interesting time during that right. COVID. And it was real time, thankfully. Yeah. So thank you, Red Table Talk. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Getting back to a different world, yes. on the show, you were playing a character who was about the same age as Willow now. And you did mention that in the episode, looking back, that you see Willow. How does that impact the way you view a different world today? Because I see Willow too, sis. Yeah, I, I mean, it's different world is still so supremely relevant. When we're looking back at all these topics, as far as the topics we did around race, the topics that we did right. around mm. domestic violence, the topics we did right. around politics, man, pretty much Same the thing. state of what we were dealing with at that time is the same in many ways. And so it's still deeply relevant. The clothes might be a little outdated, but even that's coming back. So, you know... (laughs) Are they? I'm about to say, are they? Those are back. Because you were totally rocking a cold shoulder, you know. (laughs) Right. Right. And brains ain't going anywhere. It's still really relevant. Mm -hmm. And Willow's, she's so vocal and fiery and opinionated, you know. She's like a college student to me. And how she stays on top of her reading and she's always on me, like, Ma, you can't, that's, you can't say it like that. You can't say that anymore. And it's like, well, what you mean? She's like, no, nah, you can't say that. You know, she's right. always schooling me, you know, and that reminds me of Lena. <laughs> Just right. always uh-huh. politically uh-huh. correct. Get it together. Just do better. Just do better. Right. You know, right. that's Willow. Just do better. So that spirit just reminds me of Lena and just kind of mm-hmm. in that stage of self-actualizing. And that's where Willow is, you know, and being open and like exploring and just in awe of all the possibilities of life. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. she she reminds me so much of Lena in that way. Right. A force. A complete a, force. A Willow, complete force. <laughs> Yes, she is. And sage and wise beyond. She's far more wise than Lena at that age. But I do believe that young people today, because they have so much access with the Mm -hmm. Internet that we didn't have Mm -hmm. at that age. You know what I mean? We had to go all the way to the library. Girl, (laughs) and get the Britannica. Talk about it. And look up stuff and pull out the books, (laughs) Mm -hmm. whereas they could just type something in on their phone and they got the answer right there. They can get in contact with somebody in the other part of the world somewhere and and get the full one-one on what's happening. Exactly right. Exactly Uh. right. You mentioned at the reunion that your favorite episode, Homie, Don't You Know Mm -hmm. Me, with Tupac. Right. That episode had some powerful statements about personal growth, cultural codes, and peer expectations and relationships. Mm -hmm. Which of those most resonated with you then and which hit home today? I mean, I think the peer expectations is still really relevant and it hit that probably hit the most. I think it was really so interesting that you asked that because at that particular time, Pac and I were really trying to figure out how to deal with our new lifestyles in regards to coming into a certain amount of notoriety and all the opportunity that was coming our way, it was kind of, in a lot of ways, creating this chasm between this new life we were coming into and an old life that we were not trying to leave behind and really trying to figure out the balance. It was a really interesting time for us, that particular peer expectation of like, even us having friends feeling like, Oh, so y'all can't come here no more. You know, it's like, no. Right. <laughs> you know. No, right. no, we can't. And I'm not acting funny. Right. I'm like, not trying to be, you know, but it's like, I can't anymore. It's different. I don't think I'm too good for you. Yeah. And you get right. all of that. And I had to uh. learn fast that nobody can really understand where you sit if they haven't been there. And so I had to learn quick how not to take offense to mm-hmm. them not understanding. Did having Tupac experiencing what you were experiencing in the same time frame help you? Uh, Absolutely. It helped us both for sure. 
just reminiscing. I mean, it just has me thinking. I mean, I, we actually talked to Gam again, and she said she still loves you as peaches. And I, I love seeing you uh, <laughs> on a different world. So I'm just thinking, is there any acting coming up? I mean, are, is there anything, any new projects that you're working on? I love seeing you in The Equalizer. We're going to bring about bring that up. Yeah, it's definitely some stuff that I'm thinking about diving back into. Okay. I definitely have two projects that I'm thinking about. I'm older now. Uh, you know, for me, it's got to be about some real joy right? in regards to how I spend my time. But I definitely have two projects and I'm looking at like, all right, let's see, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think I might be. 51. God. It just hits different, it doesn't does. it? It does. 51 hits so different. On, I'm like, I did. I've been there, done all that. I've been in this damn yes. game for. Yes. Three decades right. plus. Like, I'm I'm an OG, so it's got to be It's got to be an alignment. Yeah, it's got to be yeah. fun. I, mean, I love Red Table Talk. I want to see you at the table, but I mean, I also love Stony too. Let me I just know. say it while I'm here. It's a, that's <laughs> but, what I'm saying. It's a couple of things. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. We know there can't be a set it off reunion, so mm. we know there's no point. You know, we can't have a sequel to set I, it no, off. No, 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 no. I don't even want to. No, no, no. No, because all my girls are gone. They all gone. They all gone. All of them are what gone. About, what about a podcast or any other avenues like that? I mean, of course, thank you for coming to Let's Red Table, that the official fan rewatch podcast for Red Table Talk. But what about you? Any other podcast vibes? You know, I feel like I talk enough on Red Table. I get tired <laughs> of hearing myself on there, honestly. <laughs> like, I know people ain't trying to hear me talk no more. I can't even. <laughs> be mad at that you know oh i love it not Not no no more we've asked our questions but we have some questions directly from the fans are you ready to give some answers jada sure well here's portia flowers with her question a different world was pretty progressive for its time but a lot has changed since then if a different world were done today What topics do you think it would cover? I don't know if we did a show around suicide. So relevant, Um, given what we know today. Yeah, given what we know today, our precious Twitch is no longer with us. Mm -hmm. I think suicide is more prevalent in the Black community now than it's ever been. We would have definitely dealt with suicide, for sure. Mm You know, I was talking to, well, many friends today because we were just all just, you know, one of the things, having gone through my own struggles with suicide and tendencies and what have you, you know, I said one of the things specifically for the black community is that we don't have the language when we're in trouble because it's like, from a lot of the environments that we come out of, right? It's like everybody's having a hard time. When you're trying to figure out the language of how to express, no, this is a different kind of hard time. The pressure of like, it feels Mm. different. I don't want to be here anymore. How do you express that? And when you're not an anomaly. And when you're not an anomaly, that's it. That's what I was trying to explain to my friends today. Also, just the shame, because when you black and you like, well, my ancestors survived being whooped, raped, kids getting Mm -hmm. stoned. They survived Mm -hmm. slavery. Why am I having Mm -hmm. such a difficult time? And especially if you've had the opportunity to experience a piece of your dream, right? And then other people around you are looking at you like, well, what's wrong? They think that is the be all end all. That's it. And so then that compacts the shame. It limits the language of like, I'm having a hard time. It's like, well, what does that mean? We're all having like, what do you mean? So I was telling a friend of mine today, we talk so much about, hey, check on your strong friends, check on your people. It's like, yes, we need to do that for sure. But we also need to talk Mm -hmm. to people who are having a hard time. We need to give them a language. How do you express that? You can't do this anymore. Just sorrow. You know? Or just that I yeah. can't do this anymore. Right. And I'm right. not playing. Right. right. How do you have the space to say that? How do you have the space right. and the courage? Some people can't even get that 
out of their mouths because of the shame. And so it's so much shame. Yeah, for sure. Before we go to the next question, on behalf of the Let's Red Table That family, we would like to extend our sincere sympathy to the family of Twitch, his fans, and all who knew and loved him. Taylor Brown has a question that I am also really curious to know the answer to. Here's Taylor. Growing up, my mom and I would watch the reruns together and now watch the reruns with my kids. So I want to know, do you watch the reruns with your kids? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nah. I could already see you shaking your head. You're like, Uh -uh. "Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no. I don't think I've watched too much of anything I've done with my kids if we're not like at a event like a premiere or anything like that I, I really mm-mm. okay so tell us more about that is that because they don't want to see it or you don't want to see it with them it's just not something we do it's like <laughs> I'm mommy that. they don't care right. about none of that you know mm-hmm, what I mean mm-hmm, it's different with their mm-hmm. dad but something about that mommy relationship they like you can do everything under the sun but at the listen, end of the day you're mom yeah and listen. what yeah. they did like to do that they saw me do a lot was when I was out on the road. They used to love to watch okay, me perform, okay. specifically Willow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Willow okay. loved it. That I makes sense. Have to sneak her in. That makes total sense. It does. She was watching you because she was at your feet learning. Yes. So oh, that yeah. Willow was in preparation. Yeah, yes. she was saying, okay, I'm taking notes Yeah, now. and she my would, craft. I mean, I, I'd sneak her in to the club on the security shoulders <laughs> for like yeah. 10 minutes so she can watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. good. She was on that's tour the with moment. me. Her and Jay yeah, were on that's tour. Good. So they did that. They enjoyed being with me on tour. They enjoyed watching me perform music. But for some reason, movies and TV. Well, it's so much more structured. I also think it's like, that's the work. Like, that's my mom's job. For them, that's my mom's job. I want to be with mom when it's mom. So I think the performance was like something different, right? Just a different aspect of you. Yeah, it was like an experience. It was like, oh, we get yeah. to do this together. Right. They right. like being on the set, you know, and watching yeah. me like yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. and being with me like that. Yeah. They love being on the set, but like sitting and we're going to watch mm. something mommy did. And it's like, yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's time for the final fan question. And this one is from Kiana Robinson. Which characteristics, moments, or decisions for your character felt most aligned with who you were and your own identity at the time? And which moments, characteristics, or decisions were a little harder to lean into? So maybe they made a decision that you yourself wouldn't have made. Yeah, no, because, you know, Debbie created that character, Lena James, off of... Me, yes, right. You and your boldness. What a blessing! I am going it's to the be gift that. for you <laughs> for me. <laughs> and it's so funny because I looked at it as a compliment because I was just like, uh-huh. she was all we yes. had. She was. She was it, you know. And so I was like, I'm gonna do she that. I'm a, I'm a dance. I'm a direct. I'm a act. I'm a sing. Like Debbie did it all, and so yeah. I wanted to be a black female talent like that. So when I got to meet yeah. her, it was the I was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna be the next you, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, I love yeah, it. You know, oh god, and I love she, it. That's like the ultimate compliment. Yeah. Had you right. ever talked to her about that prior to sitting at the table and talking at the reunion about you saying, oh, I am she the used next to bring it up after. all the time. You know, she used oh, to did? bring that up all the time. She took me under her wing from that moment on. She told me in the room, she said, I'm not going to hire you for this, but you're you going to come on this show as a series regular. Wow. We're going to create this role around you. She said, tell me oh, about you. That. So I told her my whole story, and she was like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to create a character mm. around wow. you. It was... Your gift will make room for you. I have never had experience like that in Hollywood ever again. You know, when somebody, you walk yeah. into a room, and they just see you. So much so that they take you under their wing. Only Debbie. That's the best affirmation that's the best you could affirmation ever I could ever have. For. And I was 18, 18, that. 19 years old. I'd only been in L.A. for a year and a half. That was divinely ordered. You Absolutely. kidding me? I'm so clear about that. <laughs> I'm so clear right. about that. <laughs> right. Yeah, she gave me the wings that I needed, and my career took off. Mm. It took off from there. 
-hmm. remember being on the show. I got menaced to society and they didn't want to let me out of my con not out of my contract, but like adjust my schedule because yeah. I was willing to right. do both mm -hmm. things, which I ended up doing. Debbie went in there. She went in there. She was like, oh, no. To the yeah, she went office. to the principal's <laughs> office. <laughs> and she said, no, we're right. going to let this baby do this this movie. We, that's what we are going to do. Mm. So She literally changed the course back. of a different yes. world. She absolutely did. Really created a, a, a staple, in my opinion, in black culture in such a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. Different world is just, it's just its own thing. I feel so blessed to have been a part of of uh that legacy for sure it's timeless priceless you found the right person to have as your as beacon my beacon right. as my angel as my hollywood mom as just <laughs> to this day debbie is mm -hmm. like one of my greatest supporters no matter what's going on. Oh, I love that. I love gift. that. I appreciate that you also support us. You have taken Tracy and I under yes. your wing. And we were yes. able to host this podcast, be here with you, and just have so many amazing moments. And, of course, we could keep you for hours and hours. But I'm sure that you have some places to be. So we're going to let you go for now. <laughs> yes. For now. But thank you so much with for With the promise us. that we'll see you again soon. Absolutely. I believe it. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much, ladies. I appreciate you. you so yes, much. You guys have just been just such great supporters. I mean, from day <laughs> one. I love you both so much. And we love you back. Yeah, you guys are just yes. fantastic. You really are. You guys are just beautiful, beautiful, thank beautiful. So, so thank you for having me. We want to know what you're feeling about this new season of Red Table Talk. And we are open to talk about anything with you all. So send in your questions at Let's Red Table That at redtabletalk.com or leave us a voicemail at speakpipe com slash let's red table that thank you so much for listening we are so 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 grateful for you we have a million downloads and we want to make sure they keep coming so make sure you subscribe on iHeartRadio app and please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts this is our season one finale but we hope to be back soon for season two of let's red table that Special thanks to executive producers Jada Pinkett Smith, Fallon Jethro, and Ellen Rackerton. Thank you to our producer, Kyla Kineru, and our associate producer, Yolanda Chow. And finally, thanks to our sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Let's red table that. Hey. Let's red table that. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.